get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kylie going out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line now to be joined by our friend and a man that has done quite a bit of radio already today. He's Danny Mack joining us here on the show. Dan, how you doing, man? Well, I'm doing well. I uh, I have been sleepless last couple of days, worried about you, BK. Just in Seattle? You've been hanging out up there? What's going on, Dan? I think you know what I'm referring to. You just reference a Meg Ryan movie? I, I did indeed. That's yeah, a fantastic did. one. one, I, one I, of didn't, the best. I didn't get the reference. No, I know you didn't. You've never seen Sleepless in Seattle? No, he that's... hasn't seen, Dan, he has not seen Wolf of Wall Street. He has not seen Tombstone. He has not seen Billy Madison. Our guy T-Bone is struggling. Well, T-Bone, you know, he was telling me on his Tinder page that uh, his favorite movie he put up there was Transformers. That checks up out. There. That, that sounds there. about right. That, that He's a big sense. Shia LaBeouf fan. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I just have been worried about BK with what happened with the Chiefs. I'm not trying to rub it in or anything. I wouldn't do that to you, BK. Never. Go Cards. I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure you're okay. You're in a good uh, mental state, and physically you're okay. I saw the pictures from the Big Bash on Sunday. T-Bone was rubbing it in. Alex was taking great pride in the fact that you were not having a good time, and I, I don't think that's right. If they were good partners to you, they wouldn't do that. Actually, Dan, I think it was exactly right. I think that's how I would treat my friends as well. <laughs> Dan. And I'm, I would have been upset if they didn't give me as much crap as they did. Dan, you know better than anybody. He's insufferable. That's 100% accurate. No, not on Twitter when the Chiefs are playing. No, or Mizzou. <laughs> Go Cards. Uh, yes. Dan, I, I, my big thing is, and we can move on from this here in just a moment, but like, I, I'm trying to think of what it would be like for St. Louis, but I, I guess it would be the equivalent of Albert Pujols early on in his career just completely failing in a big moment, which like you just never expect that to happen, right? He comes up in a big spot. You expect him to get the big hit. And for the first three years of Patrick Mahomes' career, that's the way it went. And we saw it the previous week. He had 13 seconds left, and he made it work. That was enough time for him. And then against the Bengals, of all teams, the damn Bengals, he just failed. Like I, I had never seen it before, and, and Patrick Mahomes failed on the biggest possible stage, and that's how their season came to an end. So it was less so about me. Like I wasn't even necessarily upset or mad, although obviously that comes afterwards. I was just more in shock that we saw something that I had never seen from Patrick Mahomes in his career. Yeah, I get it. And I, I think, though, I know you probably do not agree with this. I, I think we at some point have to give the Bengals some credit for the adjustment that they made in the second half when oh, they're I dropping eight back. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but, you know, I'm not sure in terms – that's a good question. In terms of, like, an individual not coming through on the biggest stage, 
I, I mean, I guess you could say Gretzky was on the ice for the Iserman goal, uh, which was a crushing defeat for any Blues fan back in that time period. It was awful. That, that team could have won the Cup. It was a really good team, and Iserman comes down and puts it over John Casey's shoulder. Um, in terms of like my dreams. Yeah, that was that was tough, Alex. And then like Don Denkinger, obviously that call with the Royals and the Cardinals in the World Series, but that's not an individual really not coming through in the big time. And he had two opportunities. That's what was so stunning is you had the end of the game situation where he took that yeah. horrible sack and they had three opportunities with him there. And then you get into overtime and again, back-to-back plays, just weird misthrows. And then he throws the interception, which basically all but ended the game. It's just, it's almost as if you had a, an all-time great hockey player that had an opportunity to end the game in a shootout. And then he just, he didn't come through and everybody expected him to. And we all thought that we were getting ready to go home with a win and it didn't work, but um, that it's almost hard to come up with an equivalent because of how important the quarterback position is. I I guess it's almost like the LeBron James series against uh, the Dallas Mavericks where he just, he failed on the biggest possible stage and it's the black mark of his career. I guess you got to, you know, you got to think of like a game seven and a big frontline starter, you know, in the World Series or something and going yeah. out and giving you an inning in two thirds or, you know, just Kershaw a, a in the playoffs early on in his career. Yeah. I mean, you could probably, I guess, but I don't know, man. Mahomes he didn't is pretty get it much, done. <laughs> That's he's the weird. best in the world. So there's other really good guys, but he's the best. And I still, though, when I look and reflect on that game, I don't know why you don't take the points at the end of the half. I, I just... They're giving you the points. Take the points. I had no issue with them going for it. You cannot throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage. You cannot throw it there. It's either got to be you're taking the points or you're throwing it at the end zone, and then you take the points right afterwards. And that's a little bit of the mental side. Like They've got to know better than that. I mean, that's football 101. You know, you drop it, you still got time on the clock, and or you know, incomplete, you still got time on the clock. So yeah, I'm with you, and I'm, I'm sure that was shocking for their coaching staff and for everybody that follows them. Okay, like yourself. Let's get to the Cardinals, Dan. I've got okay. some questions for you because last <laughs> yeah, sure. week we talked to Derek Gould, that it was a really interesting conversation, and we asked him about how the Cardinals view some of their their young relievers who have the, at least the opportunity to be starters, guys like Jordan Hicks. So I know you've been talking since we did the show together about him potentially stretching out Alex Reyes, Jake Woodford, those three in particular. And Derek mentioned the possibility of them serving as kind of a shadow rotation is what he referred to it as, where they would come in maybe the third time through the order for guys like Michaelis, maybe Matt's, certainly a guy like Dakota Hudson, and give you that middle inning relief. That is a very modern approach to pitching. It is something that we haven't really seen from the Cardinals in the past. Do you think that's under consideration legitimately for the Cardinals this year? Yeah, I also think lineup changes, too. I, I think one of the things that we're going to see is a difference with Mike Schilt is that with Ali Marmol, I do think that you're going to see multiple leadoff guys and some that may catch your eye. I, like, you may see what the Cubs did with Rizzo or Schwarber on a given day. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me with a lefty on the mound that Bader is a leadoff hitter. That wouldn't surprise me at all. And in terms of the pitching, it wouldn't surprise me for them to do this. And as we edge closer to the start of spring training, and if there's no agreement, it makes a lot of sense because then your spring training is shortened. I'm not sure what else Woodford has to do in the minor leagues to to get to this level and stick. So I I would definitely think he's in that role. I like Reyes in the bullpen. I'm not necessarily sure I want him as my closer, but I do. I'm not 
giving up on on Alex Reyes. His stuff is just too good. And eventually, you know, maybe does he graduate towards the bull, uh, to the rotation if there's an injury? Yeah, I could see that. And Hicks, I just got to see that he's healthy before I make a decision on what I want to do with him. Now, part of the decision, if they would move him into a, a hybrid role like that or into a rotation, is that I think that they feel, and others around baseball that I've talked to, I haven't heard this specifically from the Cardinals, but the kind of workload that you would get as a closer with the torque that he has on a slider and the fact that he throws 100-plus multiple times, he's the hardest thrower in baseball, that that can take a lot out of the arm and the body, and maybe by having a regimented schedule that that is beneficial to him. So I think that's part of the thought process maybe behind why they would want to do that with him. Dan, on the offensive side of things, Derek Gould in his chat referenced that back at the GM meetings, John Mozalock said that you know the team is hoping to upgrade their offense, but so many national media individuals, they say that the Cardinals just need to continue to add pitching. Do you feel like the Cardinals are still looking at offense, or are they just relying on these younger players to be that offensive upgrade? I think a little bit of both. I think if something falls in their laps, um, yeah, I think that could happen. Because it could be like the wild, wild west when they say, okay, we got a deal in place, and starting at 6 a.m. tomorrow, you know what, uh, business is back on. And there's a lot of unsigned players where guys need to get deals and they don't want to be on the outside looking in. So you may have somebody fall back to you. So that I could see that happening. But they do have the emergence of Nolan Gorman, and you have the emergence of Jordan Walker. And I was talking with you guys a couple of weeks ago about this, is that those guys are, are in the fold, and they're going to be in the fold for the long term. Now, does that mean that they break uh, Jupiter with the club and go north? Not necessarily, but are they here next year? There's a real good chance. Is one of them here by the end of this season? Yeah, there's a real good chance. So the investment, the financial investment of putting it into a big-time bopper is you're going to run out of spots or you're going to have to create space. And so I think that they like what they have in Nupar. I think they like what they have in Yepes. And maybe initially that would be the direction that they go. What's the trajectory this year for Jordan Walker in your mind? That's a great question. And I wish we would have a full spring training to see him in a major league camp and to see him compete against what could be a Max, uh, Max Scherzer start with the Mets and to see how he, how he fares. Uh, but I could see him at AAA at some point. I would think AA, you start maybe by AAA. And if he's tearing it up, you never know what could happen this year. And that's saying a lot for a kid of his age. I get it. But there's also been a lot of accolades thrown his way. And it started from the day that he signed. And when they got him to Bush Stadium and then they got him down into Florida and people are like, whoa, this guy is something else. And then they started looking at the analytics of, let's just say, the, the bat speed, uh, exit velocity, launch angle, the things that are measurable. And it was like, whoa. And he started graduating towards these better pitchers and better competition. And he hasn't stopped BK. So... I think he starts at double-A, and that's aggressive. I get it. They've been very aggressive with their minor league guys. And by the end of the year, certainly at triple-A, and then see where it takes you. We're talking to Danny Mack for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Dan, final question that I wanted to get from you, and I'll we'll, we'll let Alex get one more if he's got one as well. Um, I, who do you think is entering a make-or-break season this year for the Cardinals? Of course, Paul DeYoung is the first name that comes to that's mind for guy. everybody. Is there anybody yeah. else? I, I, you know, I, I thought you may ask me this, and we've talked about it off the air. It, it's the young for me. Um, I'm kind of fascinated with Andrew Kisner, and I'll tell you, it'll be interesting to see what they want to do with that backup role. And I say that because what's the workload for Yachty? 
So are we, are we looking at, if we have 162 games, are we looking at 120 games? Is he at 100 games? Are you comfortable then with Kisner being that guy? Ali Sanchez is a guy that they like in the minor leagues. We saw him a little bit last year in the major leagues. So is it make or break for Kisner? I don't think it's make or break, but you know, you're starting to get in that point in his career and his age. You've got to make a decision on what you're thinking his future is with your club. I don't know if you thought that, but that's where I'm at with him. And is he the guy moving forward, or are you looking at uh, Avon Herrera? And is he the guy that you think is the, the one to take the reins and be the guy that gets the bulk of the starting? So I, I, if you would have asked me this last year, I would have said Tyler O'Neill, and now I'm saying it's probably DeYoung, and then trying to figure out where where's the trajectory right now in the career of Andrew Kisner, who's been playing, by the way, winter ball all winter long. So I'll be interested to see what that looks like. He's Danny Mack, Cardinals broadcaster for Bally Sports Midwest. Check out his work over at scoopswithdannymack.com. You can hear him this week and next on the morning show as well from 7 to 10 o'clock. Dan, we appreciate the time as always. My man, we'll talk to you again next week. Always fun, guys. Thanks.